Welcome to the Buff Zone Podcast. I'm Brian Howell and joined by my colleague, Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Good, Brian. How's your summer treating you? Uh, it's been good. Uh, been coaching some uh, Little League baseball and a little family vacation and, you know, I guess some conference realignment, uh, you know, stuff we've had to follow, but, you know, been mostly trying to enjoy a little time off. How about you? About the same. Uh, still have a family vacation coming up here, but uh, uh, definitely have taken some some long weekends, but uh, certainly still some news for us to follow uh, since we've last done this. Obviously, the big conference realignment news has kind of sent shockwaves through the Pac-12, USC, UCLA on the way out. Who knows what's next for the league? Obviously, it's a, you know been news that's it's kind of been out there about a month. At this point, uh, you know, I haven't caught up on, on one of these podcasts in a little bit, but uh, pretty surprising news. And obviously the Pac-12 right now kind of left to scramble, uh, left to analyze and, and figure out what's next. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, in that almost month, you know, there's been a lot of different reactions, I think, you know, for myself, but, you know, for a lot of people. And I think at first it was sort of panic and shock and you know, what do we do next? But then there was sort of that calm of everybody stepping back in the conference saying, wait a minute, do we necessarily need to jump ship right away? And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, I think, stepping back and trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, my opinions changed a little bit over time as to what I think might happen or might be the best thing to happen. How about you? Yeah, I don't know if my opinion has changed, but I am kind of, I don't know if glad's the right word, but I give, uh, you know, folks involved, not just Rick George, uh, you know, certainly him, but everyone involved, you know, there's kind of that panic right away. The Everyone wanted a resolution right away. Oh, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And the fact of the matter is it's going to take time to figure out what exactly is going to be the be- best fit, not just for CU within the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 within the greater college athletics landscape. And until the Pac-12 finishes kind of diving into their media rights negotiations, uh, you know, I would think the 30-day window for, for ESPN and Fox having exclusive rights on that. Uh, I don't know the exact date, but that's going to be coming up here soon. Uh, the Big Ten at their media days has kind of mentioned that they are close to announcing what their new, new deal will look like. And I think once we see that, we'll kind of uh, – maybe see some other dominoes fall into place uh, and, and, you know, especially with what's next for the PAC 12 and their media rights deal. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, and one thing, the biggest thing I see from CU fans is, you know, people ripping Rick George and CU's administration, always reactive, never proactive and, you know, ripping them for that and, and calm down people. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't just, uh, you know, jump ship right now and, and say, Oh, the PAC 12 is a sinking ship. We need to get out of here you know, that's not necessarily the best move. And I think that, you know, in hindsight, you know, if you look at it and had CU two weeks ago said, all right, we're out, we're going to the big 12. And then you find out after all the meteorite stuff that that's the worst move. Well, then they get blasted for that. I mean, the smart thing right now is to, in my opinion, is to, you know, find out what your value is as a conference and as, as a university before you decide making that move. So, you know, I, I don't think CU is being, you know, just reactive, sitting back and waiting for things to happen around them. You know, it's my impression from talking to people that, you know, see you like everybody else trying to figure things out as a group before they, before they act. And I think that's the smart thing to do. 
Yeah, I I never really liked the idea of a full merger with the Big 12. Um, Obviously, that was kind of one of the options being thrown around uh, on the table the last month. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how comfortable I felt about that one. Or, uh, you know, at one point, kind of the four corner schools, CU, Utah, and the Arizona schools kind of bolting for the Big 12 on their own, uh, you know, which would infect, in effect, and the Pac-12, um, you know, that one, uh, you know, I, I, I could see more merit in that. You know, a full merger, especially with the expanded Big 12, I don't know how that would have worked. Um, I would have been on board with some sort of, you know, kind of scheduling and, and, and marketing slash media arrangement um, where they, you know, are, are kind of maybe working together in tandem, uh, you know, with against the SEC and the Big Ten. But uh, as it stands now, you know, the kind of waiting and seeing, I know it's not ideal. I know fans are antsy, but, uh, you know, I'm sure the people involved are even more antsy than the season ticket holders. So, uh, you know, as soon as these media negotiation rights, uh, I'm sorry, media rights negotiations get completed for the Pac-12, uh, you know, I think in the coming weeks and months, we'll, we'll start to see some more news fall into place. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, you know, there, there's, I can guarantee that there's not people at CU that are just sitting back and waiting to find out what everybody else does. There's a lot of meetings going on, a lot of discussion, trying to figure things out as a conference and, and as a university. And, you know, frankly, it may turn out that the best thing is for the PAC 12 to stay together and maybe expand a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm sure you saw some of this, Pat, but you know, some interesting, uh, you know, TV numbers that people have reported on this week, uh, you know, Stuart Mandel with the athletic and John Willer, you know, at San Jose Mercury news that show that, you know, between the two conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, the six biggest schools as far as TV ratings are all Pac-12, and one of them is CU. So, you know, it may not be the best thing to join forces with the Big 12. And, you know, the best thing might actually be stick together out of San Diego State and somebody else and, you know, stick with the Pac-12. And, you know, I know fans hate the late kickoffs, and there's been more than a few times you and I have been cussing out those late kickoffs as well. But, uh, the fact of the matter is, if that's what keeps the, the Pac-12 on, on ESPN, then, uh, you know, everyone's just going to kind of have to suck it up and, 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 and bear it because uh, ESPN will still need those time slots. Uh, the media markets are, are, as you just mentioned, are, are still quite viable in the Pac-12. You know, going back to that merger question, I was, I, was, I was thinking, you know, I love the idea of a Pac-12, Big 12 merger in, in, in terms of basketball. Yeah. Uh, Fortunately, that doesn't, uh, you know, drive these decisions. You know, I wrote about this recently in, in a column. It's still, it's still wild to me that that basketball programs, uh, you know, at Arizona, at, at Kansas, are kind of waiting to see what happens next based on what's the best decision for, for the football programs at those schools, which is kind of crazy when you think about the difference uh, in, in, in success between, you know, men's basketball and football at, at Arizona and and Kansas, you know, I would say CU is probably a, a similar, obviously not quite maybe to that level, but a similar discrepancy in, in between the programs. And yet, yet those coaches, uh, you know, kind of those basketball coaches still kind of just have to wait and see and, and, and find out what's best for football to, to find out what's next for everyone. Yeah. You know, one thing I did see recently was, and I agree with you, but I did see that, um, you know, potential, you know, one of the attractive teams could be a Kansas because of their basketball program. So, you know, maybe basketball will play a role there. I mean, 
it is such a discrepancy at Kansas, you know, uh, between football and basketball uh, as a success there and, and really the interest in those programs, but somehow football still drives things, uh, you know, at a, at a place like Kansas. So it is interesting to see, you know, how football kind of rules everything, uh, but actually TV rules everything, right. You know, and more so than football. And, you know, if ESPN wants a Kansas because they like the potential of some, you know, big time Kansas games on, on their networks, then, you know, maybe that, uh, you know, becomes a big thing, but, um, still so many different scenarios and so many things have to be worked out. Um, I was of the belief when I say things changed, uh, for my opinion, I was initially of the belief this is going to happen very quickly. Um, uh, you know, it obviously has not happened super quickly. I'm not necessarily think it's going to happen super quickly. I mean, I think that, you know, there could be some time to, you know, let things sort out and figure things out. Um, the other thing that's kind of changed is I, I've been saying all along, I think in a couple of years, CU is going to wind up in the big 12. Uh, I'm kind of backing off of that. I, I don't necessarily know where they're going to be. I mean, nobody knows where they're going to be, but you know, I, I think it's very viable that, uh, you know, CU could still be in the pac 12, a sort of revamped pac 12. Um, and maybe that's a better option than the big 12. You know, I think what gets overlooked and, and yes, obviously football drives everything, but just, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, aligned um, in, in, in vision and direction in politics, uh, CU still remains much closer to that kind of West Coast footprint than a lot of the schools in the Big 12. And, um, you know, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but I guarantee you that's a big part of the conversation in the background. You know, does, does University of Colorado Boulder want to get into bed right now with any teams in, in Texas, uh, which they'd have to obviously in the big 12. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that's going to drive the decision, uh, football and football television dollars will do that, as you said, but I guarantee you some of those conversations are, are going on in the background. Uh, and at the end of the day, CU is still much more aligned, you know, kind of philosophically with that West coast, uh, kind of mindset, West coast politics. And, and, uh, they just kind of identify well, and, you know, all those alums in, in California, that was the big reason why, Colorado wanted to move their Pac-12 in the first place is, you know, they haven't gone anywhere. That that alumni base is still there, uh, even if USC and UCLA are not. So, uh, I, you know, I, I still think for a lot of reasons, because, you know, it's easy to bash a decision to go to the Pac-12 now, um, which I've seen quite a bit of, you know, CU should have stayed in the Big 12. But to me, if the Pac-12 wasn't so mismanaged during that time, I don't think that's a big talking point right now. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. It's not CU's bad decision. I think it's Larry Scott's poor mismanagement. More exactly. Than yeah. Um, you know, one thing I don't think is a big discussion, but it is among the fans is, you know, boy, we'd rather, you know, travel to, uh, you know, Seattle than, uh, than Ames, Iowa. And I get that, but I don't, I don't think these schools care. You know, I think that, especially football teams like they're going on a business trip they don't care if they're going to seattle or ames yeah. they're just trying to win football games i think and it's a small fraction of fans that are traveling but um i don't think the geography of where you're going is a big deal but i think that the alumni aspect of it and the connection to the schools is a big deal like you're saying so um, i agree you know i don't think a decision is going to be made because people enjoy traveling more to the bay area in seattle than they do ames in, in manhattan kansas which right. by the Hey, I visited during the pandemic for that uh, basketball tournament that the basketball team was in with no fans in the stands and half the town was uh, 
still shut down. This was still 2020 in November, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed my time there. So, uh, you know, a lot of these kind of small town experiences, yeah, you know, shouldn't necessarily be scoffed at either. However, obviously Seattle, a lot easier to get to and all that, but you're right. The, the decisions aren't going to be made based on that. It'll be made on how much money they can make. Well, no fans in the stands. Sounds like Stanford, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, there, I've been there for a couple of games and one of them was 2020. And there's literally no, st- no fans in the stands, but yeah. you know, they don't get a lot of attendance there. I know they, they, they draw well on TV and they're, you know, they, they've got some marquee games on TV, but you know, as far as atmosphere, you know, <laughs> there's probably some better atmospheres in the big 12 than the pac 12, honestly. But, uh, but yeah, that, that probably won't be a, a talking point is where, where do our fans want to travel to? Right. But right. you know, th- there's a lot to be, be hammered out and I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Um, anything else you want to talk about on, on realignment before we move on to maybe uh, talk I know. About football? Yeah, later later this week, Brian will be out at the Pac-12 Media Days in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, I'm sure this will be a topic of conversation. Uh, but around the corner, we actually have some football. Uh, the Buffs open preseason camp on the second next week. And, uh, you know, Brian, as we get going, um, obviously uh, a lot of work to do, a lot of roster and staff turnover, as, as you've detailed throughout the offseason. Um, I, you know, I guess, uh, what are the one or two things you're most looking forward to seeing out of this group? I know we don't get to actually see practice much, but, uh, you'll be around the coaches more. You'll be around the players more. What are you kind of most curious to see in the coming weeks as they start ramping up toward the season? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'm looking forward to is I'm hoping that, you know, it's PAC 12 more so football media day than PAC 12 realignment media day. Hey, good luck with that, Brian. Yeah, good luck. You know, it'll definitely be a topic. But, you know, there's certainly, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks with this team. And, you know, camp does start next Tuesday, uh, you know, as, as we're doing this a week from today. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks. And I think the first one is it's always it's almost always the, the top question mark, but quarterback, you know, and then offensive line. I think those are two of the biggest things. And then, you know, really, how does this defense you know, make up for the loss of not only Nate Lamb, but Carson Wells, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Makai Blackman, Mark Perry, Mustafa Johnson. I mean, that's arguably six of the top eight players on defense from last year. You could maybe even argue the top six. You know, uh, that's a lot of talent that left the defense. And, you know, so there's a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball. But I think number one for me is quarterback. And, you know, who's who's going to be the guy? And can they play better than Brendan Lewis played last year? Yeah, I found it curious. I kind of want to get your two cents on this. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, we got to meet with Rick George and, and Carl Durrell. And um, Carl Durrell was asked, I actually I asked a follow-up question. Someone else had asked about the quarterback competition. I know I followed up, you know, kind of assuming that it is a competition if, if he's the kind of coach that wants to – have have that starter named going into into game week and he kind of replied that you know he I'm, I'm paraphrasing here but i think you know drew uh drew car um brandon lewis is is in the driver's seat you know i believe driver's seat was the phrase that uh coach durrell used and i don't know i, I was a little surprised by that i you know i thought we'd hear more talk about open competition how other guys are coming along uh not that lewis can't be the guy uh but obviously after what we saw last season, uh, you know, to say that I thought was a little bit curious. Yeah, I, I didn't only because um, I believe that a lot of what 
uh, Darrell says about Lewis, not that he doesn't you know, believe in him. I think he does believe in him. But I think a lot of it is to publicly pump up Brendan Lewis and to keep him engaged. And, you know, I, I think that it's sort of more so a message to Brendan Lewis that, hey, it's your job to lose than it was a message to us. I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. Uh, I, I still think it's going to be a, a very tight competition. I think that JT Shroud's going to have every opportunity to win the job. And, you know, I think it's a two-man competition, but maybe they give, you know, Drew Carter, you know, Maddox cop guys like that, an opportunity, but I, I still think it's very much a competition, but I think he wants Brendan Lewis going into camp, you know, with a little bit of that swagger that, Hey, it's my job to lose. Yeah. But, but, but should that message be sent? Um, you know, we saw Brendan Lewis struggle, albeit he got a little bit better as the year went on. And I've said before plenty of times in our podcast that, that a lot of time he didn't have, really a chance to function behind that offensive line. So that, that, that certainly is a, you know, a big caveat to this situation as well, but did he play well enough last year to be, you know, kind of given this mindset that it's your job to lose going into fall camp? Well, no, I, I don't think he played well enough, but I do think that, I do think he might be someone that needs that mindset going into camp and, you know, that you try to pump him up. And I do, I do think that, there is belief on the staff that Brendan Lewis can be a, a much better player than what he's been. And I think that there's some of that, that, Hey, we, we do believe in you and that we, we think you can get better. So I, I think, I don't want to say that he's, I don't want to say that like Darrell's like lying about anything, but I, I think that, I think he believes that, you know, Brendan Lewis can be the guy, but I think a lot of his messaging sometimes, this is just my opinion, but uh, I believe a lot of it sometimes is messaging to Brendan Lewis that, hey, we believe in you. You're a good player. You know, come out and uh, you know, play your best. And, and I, you know, he's still a young guy. So I think that, yeah, it probably, he probably does need some of that uh, and some of that public belief uh, that, hey, my coach does believe in me. The other thing that's curious to me going into fall camp is, uh, you know, for the first time in a while, we're going to see kind of schematic changes on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, especially on defense, they've been going, you know, three, four, you know, I believe even going back to the beginning of, you know, Mike McIntyre's uh, tenure here. Um, but, you know, new offensive coordinator, uh, new new scheme defensively, you know, what do you think, you know, has to happen during these next few weeks for, you know, you know, pick one, one side of the ball, you know, but either one, what do you, what do you see it kind of has to happen for these units to, you know, take another step before that first game rolls around. Yeah. I, I mean, youth has to step up and there's a, there's a lot of inexperience, you know, on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense. And you already mentioned some of the top players from defense last year that are no longer there. And that means people have to step up that, that we haven't seen really step up, you know, and I shouldn't even say youth, but you know, there's guys that haven't played as much that need to step up. I mean, Robert Barnes is a, is a senior that uh, transferred here from Oklahoma he's got to be better than what he was last year. And he didn't really, I, th I think most of us thought he was going to have a huge impact last year uh, based on where he came from Oklahoma um, and, you know, kind of the spring that he had, but he wound up not really being a starter until after Nate Lamon got injured. Um, he's got to step up and, you know, somebody has got to fill Mustafa's Johnson's shoes and, you know, both your starting cornerbacks are now playing uh, at Oregon and USC. And so you've got to have some freshmen step in, and play, and play there. So these young guys have got to step up and, and, you know, play good football and, uh, and they can't get hurt, you know, because I don't think there's a whole lot of depth, especially on that defense. 
Yeah, uh, inexperienced team and, and not a lot of depth uh, doesn't uh, make for a very encouraging com- uh, combination. So going into uh, media days this week, uh, what's the what's the over under on on the Buffs staying out of the bottom division in the preseason poll? Yeah, it's interesting because it, you know this is the first time. Obviously, there's no divisions, and so when we had to do the media poll. That's- you know, it's, uh, you know, that we've always ranked, you know, one through six in the North, one through six in the South, and then picked a champion. And this year was just straight ranking one through 12. And, uh, you know, I think there's a decent shot that CU's in that 12th spot. And I, I would be surprised if they're higher than 11th. I'll put it that way. I think they're going to be one of those two spots. It's pretty much them or Arizona down there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of high hopes for Stanford right now. And I think some people yeah. might put, stanford down there but and maybe asu with all the people they lost and uh, all the things they have going on down there i could maybe see them down there but i still think uh there's probably a cu's track record of losing in this conference and all the uh defections they had this last offseason i think it's going to put them 11th or 12th well maybe it'll give them a chip on their shoulder as camp open next week well (laughs) they need something you know, to kind of get themselves going. I think internally that there's a lot of belief and, you know, confidence and there, there always is this, this time of year and there should be, uh, but uh, there's probably some of that internally and, you know, they'll, they'll give the message. I guarantee they'll give the message uh, when they're asked on Friday, you know, about being ranked low and they'll say, Hey, we don't care what, what people think. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what happens there, but um, but yeah, uh, Pac-12 Media Day, that means football season's around the corner, Pat, and uh, we'll be starting to cover it next week. Yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be out this weekend, but Brian will be on the scene for our readers and listeners uh, this weekend in, in Los Angeles. I know one of your favorite cities, Brian Howell. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not, not usually one of my, uh, my top destinations in the Pac-12, but you know, because it's a Friday, uh, my wife is coming with me and we're going to make a weekend of it and, uh, and stay until Sunday. So that part will be fun. Nice. Well, I'll be back with you next week. The white Sox are in town, so it's a beautiful week here in Colorado. And, uh, you know, I'll be jumping in on, on some football coverage uh, a little later next week and, and certainly be out there for CU's media day uh, next weekend. Awesome. Well, have, have a safe trip with your family and uh, we'll chat with you at some point soon. Sounds good, Mr. Howell, and uh, everyone out there, thanks a ton for, for listening. Looking forward to the football season.